man, it has been a minute. Just to kind of cue up this episode, um, as you knew, Melanie and I have not um, really had a chance to record or publish for, gosh, like six months. I think the last- season two. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we had a hiatus. We did. We needed it. Fans, we needed it. Um, A lot went on. Fans. A lot going on. Fans, we had to have a hiatus. Fans, that's just how it goes. (laughs) Just how the crumble of the cookie falls (laughs) at times. So, you know, in the previous season, I guess, we were kind of breaking down a whole album and really digging into it. But because our schedules have been so tough and um, because we do really still want to talk to each other about Sparks, what we decided to do was today we're just going to focus on one song and then also look at a live performance of the song um, as I sit down to play the organ at Notre Dame Cathedral and I uh, just kind of dig into the one song and have fun with it because it's an amazing song and a wonderful live performance it's from 2006 that we're going to look at. So Melanie, this song, what captured you um, about this song? And tell me a little bit because you've had a little journey with this song as well. Uh, well, a couple things. One, oh, sorry, um, I forgot about our sparkles. Oh, gosh, yeah. And you know what? This is a first. I have a non-alcoholic sparkle here because it's noon on a Sunday for me. (laughs) And, you know, there's a little religious, religiosity, religiosity. I don't know this word. Yes, that's that's now a word. In this um, podcast, I think. So I'm keeping it clean and holy and sacred. (laughs) today although you know don't forget jesus did turn water into wine and i bet if you asked jc he would make it sparkling for you but um (laughs) today because i live um around the corner from a really hippie place i have two drinks drink one is a sparkling mushroom elixir huh It brings energy and focus, and the brand is called Odyssey, and I thought that was great for this song. We're going to go on an Odyssey together, and I have a second kind. I have a second can if we get there. It's called Wild Wonder, but for now, so it's not specifically a kombucha. It's a fermented mushroom drink. It has lion's mane. And cordyceps mushrooms in it. Okay. Oh, honestly, sparkling elixirs are crafted to increase energy, cognitive edge, and uplift uplift mood. Um, (laughs) The sacred geometric Megatron, Metatron's cube, radiates positive vibes and empowers you to harness your personal power to do good. I'm in. I've got faith. <laughs> I've got a deep abiding faith. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I didn't, I don't know. I've just been kind of busy. So, well, and I'm also not drinking a lot. So I didn't want to, I have one bottle I've sort of been holding on to. So I didn't want to open it. So instead today I'm going to be making a white wine spritzer. spritzer white wine spritzer. spritzer. Be careful. That was the downfall of Ned Flanders. I know. White wine spritzer. Spritzer. So I have this. You know, Grigio that I got, uh, it's in a box. It's a little one thing. Now, the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because one of the, 
one of the things that really made me laugh about this is the box has on it like pictures on the side of things that you can do while enjoying your box of wine. It's a small handheld box. And so it's got, you know, at the beach, on a picnic, in a kayak. Now, I know people who kayak and I know that they sometimes will drink, but white wine in a kayak? I, that, no, no, that was the wrong boat icon, in my opinion. White my husband got greatly Jesus. dehydrated and had to go to the emergency room after kayaking. I feel like wine would have just made that situation worse. <laughs> but on the other hand, he was not an experienced kayaker. I'm sure experienced kayakers can absolutely drink um, <laughs> That's a good that point. wine in their kayak. Good. Anyway, so let me get my spritzer going. So I am so sorry because I interrupted what I know. I want to hear you know more about your your journey with this wonderful song. Oh, um, you know, I had been taking part in Sparks Timber um, in September of 2022, which for those of you who do not know, Sparks Timber is a beautiful, as it says on the Sparks website or on one Sparks social media post, a fan-led um, event. And I like that. It's fan-led. We're going to do the work for you, Sparks. That's right. But we don't mind because you've given us so much greatness. Um, where uh, you play a Sparks album every day of the month. So, you know, you start the month with Sparks Half Nelson. And then by the 25th, you're on um, a steady trip, trip, trip. And then, like, once you finally exhaust Sparks albums, you've got a couple days left for favorite song, favorite video, whatever. So uh, anyway, it's actually a lot of fun. I think, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, at least I enjoyed it. Uh, anyway, so I had, when I first got really into Sparks, I had listened to all of their albums, but I hadn't really listened to Hello Young Lovers in a while. And so when I got to Hello Young Lovers on the um, Sparks on the Sparks Timber journey. I was surprised how much I really um, enjoyed that album. I shouldn't have been surprised. I think um, I just had not spent as much time with it as I have with other Sparks albums. And um, then I feel like the first time I heard as I sit down to play the organ at the Notre Dame Cathedral, it didn't really, uh, I, I didn't really notice it. And then it was like one of those as many spark songs are, they just sort of like they're uh, what well, have I not a shower. before they're the um the stinging nettles <laughs> of songs where like they brush you Get and you feel like nothing happened, but actually something's happening below the surface, and then suddenly you're like, wait, I need to hear that song eight million more <laughs> times today. I know, right? Um, because suddenly I'm obsessed with it. So that kind of happened with this song. And I personally feel like when you watch the video by the end of it, I am exhausted. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I've gone on a journey. The other thing I will say is that last year when um, Sparks, when I uh, went to see Sparks at Walt Disney Concert Hall, many other Sparksians and probably people listening to this were like, uh, yeah, duh. <laughs> um, but I was a new Sparks fan they were very excited at the prospect of Ron playing the organ at Disney Concert Hall. And of course, Ron 
you know, being keyboard man extraordinaire and, and so much more, obviously. Okay. <laughs> but I just thought at the time, I didn't even put that song with this, that, that organ together. But now I realized, of course, that was part of the excitement of him playing that organ was a kind of a callback to this beautiful song. Um, and then actually, because um, I've, I've had sort of a break, not 100% of a break, but a break from listening to Spark songs. And I'm just like getting back into them a little bit. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One, you know, it's kind of like when you fall in love with someone, you have the honeymoon period and you just can't get enough of them and you just have to be with them all the time. Then it's like the early days of my Sparks love. But then like you move into a more mature love. Yeah, they can go and do other things. That's true too. But the other thing that happened is quite sadly, my dad got very sick right when I had like, just like right around the time I really fell in love with this particular song. And this song is so powerful to me. It's so moving. There's so much happening in it that like, I just couldn't listen to it without thinking about my dad being really not well um a near death so so I just stopped listening to it for a bit because I couldn't but um oh the other thing I was going to say about that is it's not just that but also to me sparks are joy like their music has so much joy in it and if I'm not feeling that joy it's hard for me to listen to them I feel mm. like I need to be there and so uh anyway that was you know, almost six months ago, but now I'm I'm ready to open that door again. And I have been listening to the song again, and my dad is doing better, um, and nothing's happened to him. Funnily enough, there is no connection that I can see between me playing this song and my dad suddenly becoming very seriously ill. But it just, you know, how songs do remind you of places, and so sometimes you just don't want to hear a song. It's kind of like the entire Portishead album that I know everybody loves, I really can't listen to because it reminds me of um, an evil ex-boyfriend. And so I just find the whole album deeply depressing. But uh, that's my my journey with this song. Amy, would you like to uh, chat about your journey? Sure. Yes, while you take a drink of mushroom tea. Ugh. Sparkling mushroom elixir. Okay, how does it actually taste? It tastes great. Actually, it's very tasty. Like? Uh, well, the combo is passion fruit, orange, and guava. So it does not taste like uh, mushroom dust, which would be the fear. <laughs> uh, it's it's nice. And it has a cool trippy symbol Ooh. on it. So I like that. For me, the, much like the kimono, my house, through indiscreet, I feel like um, Little Beethoven, Hello Young Lovers, and um, Exotic Creatures of the Deep for me, those really encompass like a, that that mid two thousands air time that they were. Producing. I think you're right. I think and, that's a great um, way to put it. I I feel a connection with these with indiscreet from like a complexity and interest instrumentation standpoint. And what I think is really interesting is I feel like these three albums really build up to, um, you know, the it's the seduction of Ingmar Bergman, which was a full out ah. opera and it's like, it, it, you can see that progression. Um, yeah. But I will say, I will say, I also feel like these three albums, I'm gonna share my screen here for a second and 
play my little clip. I feel like these three albums introduce like the spoken word. <laughs> they do. They I do. Think All of these way. albums, you start to hear a repetitive spoken or uh, spoken word. So I, I, of course, dearly love the um, Kiki Dufresne. I want to make sure I'm because it's a spoken word. <laughs> I thought, well, here we are. It's why don't we just dust off this old piece? Now, ladies and gentlemen, if it's not a song, if it's not sung, if it's a spoken word, it's a piece. So I said. <laughs> and that's a wonderful thing, time. ladies and gentlemen. It's a wonderful thing, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so they, they get into a lot of spoken word stuff, which for me is, um, you know how you said that your relationship with Sparks is like being in love and like you get to that middle stage of love where you're like, yeah, I hate the way you squeeze the toothpaste out of the tube, but whatever, I'll just get my own tube of toothpaste. <laughs> I feel that way a little bit about some of the spoken word interjections. Like there are some songs even on this album, like Perfume, which I love. I love but that I too. I feel that when you get to the spoken word part, even though it's, it, I get it, it's lovely it takes me out of the music of the song. Um, really? Not me. I yeah, like that. Yeah. So, um, but that said, it's got a, it definitely has its own charm. And so this album um, and this song particularly really plays with um, a lot of different layers in terms of repetitive um, words, spoken word, um, sort of a chorus, like, Greek chorus kind of feel, and then um, combined with this 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 great organ part. Uh, interestingly enough, I was uh, doing a little research today, and from songfacts.com, it states that Rommel actually did play the Notre Dame organ for this recording, um, which I was blown away by. That's amazing. Mwah. I'm um, so happy. Write it in yeah. a song, and it can happen, boys. Yeah, it's it, this organ is referred to as the grand organ. It's got 8,000 pipes, five keyboards um, and pedals and 109 stops. So I don't know if you know anything about organs. They're basically- I do not. Wind, big wind instruments. And what is amazing, you know, I think one of the reasons why when somebody mimics playing an organ and you kind of see it in the performance is that it has multiple levels of keyboards. So often um, the, the, the organist is playing, it's not like a single keyboard, it's multiple ones. And then in addition, um, there are key pedals. So if you see the, you know, see the bottom of an organ, it's got these long, they look like long piano keyboards, they're pedal keys. So they, they usually wear a soft shoe. And um, they, so they're playing like, you can't see my legs moving, but they're moving their legs and sustaining notes and playing things. And then there's something called a stop. The stops are like little plugs that sort of um, open or close certain pipes. Um, and so they produce different sounds. So there's a lot going on. And I think for me, one of the things that was really interesting about learning that this is the actual organ of Notre Dame That's is, so cool. I know, I love it and it's so cool, um, is that he's able to get a really rhythmic like cool baseline off of it, which we'll listen to in a little bit. Um, but given such a big instrument and that it is a wind instrument, it's pretty cool that he was able to get that da 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 da
out of it. So that was exciting. And then um, I did also learn that the um, prior to the fire, uh, anybody could play the organ, but there was a two-year waiting list. <laughs> but it was so, open to the public for anybody to play. You just if you got on the waiting list, you could find find a spot. Wow. Now I would think that they probably got a special permission to do it. But on the other hand, I would not put it past Ron Mail waiting the two years to do this song. I wouldn't, that seems completely within right? keeping of everything we know about Sparks. So, yeah. so either way, either way. Yeah. So, so he probably would have played it somewhere between 2004 and 2006. Um, the organ did survive the fire, uh, but it had a lot of residual like dust and muck in it. So it's supposed to be, I think, restored by next year. Hmm. So that's a little bit of a little bit of a walk through the wonderful instrumentation. Um, and yeah, like I said, I think it's a real testament to the instrument and to his um, playing that he gets that clean syncopated rhythm. There's other cool organ parts that I'll point out later. Melanie, ultimately, this song is about dot, dot, dot. Um, this song is about a lot of stuff. So it's it's not just about one thing to me. This is actually why I think this song, it's interesting. I read an interview and I, I looked, but not, I didn't look hard this morning. So I don't, I don't know, but I have read an interview where Russell said it was his favorite and I can totally see why, because it's, it's very complex and there's so much going on in it. So I, I read something on song, song facts where it said uh, the song is about an organ player who's jealous of um, the priest or the reverend or the song is about a priest who's jealous that God gets all the attention from his congregation. And yeah, sure, I guess, but I feel like that is the, that's a very simplistic um, interpretation of what's going on and but sure yeah sure sure it is there's to me there are a couple things that I think this song is about I think it's about primarily this is just my opinion it's primarily about the experience of being in a rock band on tour because that whole and I this is actually something I love about this song this song is like a circle it, it, it starts in one spot and then it brings us right back to that spot at the end. But that circle is, hey, lady, get out of here because I got to go to work. And then the work is, I think, you know, everybody cheering and emoting as I'm professing my faith. Um, and then it all just starts over again. And <clears throat> I mean, there's more to it than that. Um, there's also the picking up a groupie from yeah, whatever I mean, town you're I in. I finish that sentence, Amy, what is the song about? It's about pulling. It's about pulling. <laughs> yes. But I, I think it's about more than just pulling, too. <laughs> but I, I, to me, I think at its core, it's about um, and I'll be interested because I'm sure our listeners don't agree with us. I'm sure they have different interpretations. But to me, at its core, it is about the experience of being in a rock band on tour and, you know, how things just repeat and repeat and repeat. Yeah. There are many things involved with that. But it's not only about that. 
Um, I was trying to find the title of this a number of years ago. I had an interesting book that was about um, rock musicians, you know, rock gods, if you will, um, and how in a way we've replaced in modern society, we've replaced the worship of gods and goddesses with a worship of musicians and celebrity and that, you know, much of what happens on stage and in that sort of performance venue is reflective and reminiscent of what used to happen when people would worship um, gods and goddesses and have rituals for that. So I think there's also that. Um, and I do also think there is a dig at um, sort of evangelical religion and this idea of this all powerful preacher who's just trying to help you. I believe, I believe she's here, you know, from Brazil. She's here from Seville. Yes, let's let's talk. Let us let us pray together. Um, Hello, so to in me, my apartment. <laughs> to me, it's sort of about all of that stuff. Yeah, uh, sure. So it's it's not just about one thing. It's about multiple things. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it, what um, I do like that you kind of related it to being on stage because there is that line that says, you know, you're going to be upstaged by him. And of course, it's easy yes. to think like, okay, well, I guess we're talking about God. And the are we? Are we? And that when I first read that lyric, I can't remember. It was like in a sentence with a some another thing that Ron Mail said, and I thought that he was. That's what he was saying. Like, you know, we're going to be like, even though I was playing the organ at Notre Dame Cathedral, I'm getting upstaged by Russell, basically. But you can also say it's Russell getting upstaged by Ron because, um, you know, sure, Russell's out there doing his thing, but, um, you know, Ron's there playing that majestic organ. And Ron, you know, when it comes to the band itself, if if you had to ask someone who's the musical genius in Sparks, notice I said the musical genius, many people would say Ron. I think they both are, and I think we've had this conversation, but I actually think it could be either one of them. I think it could be either one of them. Maybe it's just my performance background. For me, being upstaged by someone is when they take the focus away from you. And so almost exclusively our focus is on Russell, but... When we get to this video, and I think we should cue it up here pretty soon. First of all, mm, Ron, Ron looks fierce in the beginning of it. Fierce. Oh, and, kind of like he's upstaging Russell. Right. So so he does he does take focus in the performance in a couple of ways, which is really, mm -hmm. really exciting. Because normally, you know, we saw them live. I, I couldn't take my eyes off of Russell. Mm. <sighs> how so many, funny. how many of us have said that? I can't take my eyes <laughs> off Russell. It's like the um, the My Way video where the little the little charming imp is doing his tap dancing as a crabby child with a mustache plays the piano. <laughs> yes. Oh, one of my favorites. Well, awesome. Um, yeah. What do you say we we pull, I can pull it up and um, we can start playing it. We'll put the link to this specific recording in our playlist and um we'll probably still we're going to be starting and stopping and talking about a couple things i think so see what happens we've never tried it like this before okay dokie um okay
Let me get my stuff together. I like it just starts out regular rock song. But they know what they're doing. They're, they're ready to, to put on their little performance. Yeah, you know, I really love this period of, of Ron. You know, he was wearing a lot of just dark suits. <laughs> I know, he has the look of like um, a clever intellectual from the beatnik 60s. They both do. Um, I feel like the movements that Russell's doing, it's also part of the performance. Like it's it's um, he's he's pacing back and forth because again they just do this again and again and again it just keeps happening just like the spirals that they have um mm -hmm. on the on the sides um so i i really like that sort of robot robotic walk back and forth yeah me too and i think it does a couple things like you know the, this starts out with a little bit of that like like what's called patter song and it's when you're singing pretty quickly and you know it, especially the recorded version i think is maybe just a hair faster um and so it gives that like kind of patter song and then i like that when the back background vocals come in and he's pacing back and forth it almost sounds like you know like the beginning of a i don't know a theatrical number where the chorus is starting to pitch in and things are getting yes, very theatrical and um yeah it's really fun i don't know how you do this spinny light things i know that there's a light coming from the back of the stage but um it's very cool well i like, really, like you said it lends to the frenetic feel and also like the industrial like work gotta go to work yes The other thing I love is um, he's saying, finish up your beer. And so it's also like, to your point, I mean, that's a musician. <laughs> that yes. To work yes. Evening or afternoon. <laughs> that's exactly that line. Finish up your beer. It, it adds this idea that like we had a debauch post performance hangout and now drink up. I got to go. I got to get to work now. Bye, babe. <laughs> Ah, that's fine. Oh, so for our uh, for folks who aren't. We're just listening to the audio. So the way that the stage is set up, they've got some spinning lights to the side. As Mel said, Russell's kind of pacing back and forth across the stage. And they've also got in the middle of the stage, a big projected screen. 
and um, they slow. <laughs> love this part so much. They slowly pull up um, uh, an like animated organ, basically. But it, it's it. What I love about this organ is it looks so like sci-fi Captain Nemo. <laughs> like, are those television old timey television monitors? And it looks like it's got right. like metal pipes coming out. <laughs> it's got sort of like a steampunk. Totally, um, yeah, that's it. Early yeah, totally. silent film look. And, you know, actually, just on that note, I feel like this period, the sort of like little Beethoven period into the late 2010s, or sorry, the, the late 2000s, I feel like Sparks were doing a lot of really... Um, avant-garde art things with their music and I am so here for it I love it love it love it love it love it love it anyway well no I mean it's a really good point I think that in many ways that's why not why I think but some in some ways the outcome of being able to you know launch and stage the seduction of Ingmar Bergman is partially due to the fact that they were laying the groundwork of these like live performances that combined art and film and things like that together um so yeah so it's great so yeah, so he's now taking a seat in front of this projected animated um captain nemo on the nautilus organ <laughs> and we'll begin some pretty impressive uh miming and um the thing i like to listen to once the organ kicks in is really listening to um there's a lot of different levels that the organ does um it brings in a really nice bass line or kind of a musical line that's just a little chromatic scale na 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 um and then i'm not going to stop it but as we get to the parts where they're singing alleluia alleluia they uh first of all they have they they, they at one point we'll see it they replace the pipes with people dancing and um, during the Alleluia, Alleluia part, what's interesting to me then is that the organ is doing a lot of really fast like scales, um, but it, there's so much going on because you've got the drum going, the electric guitar. But if you if you can zero into what the organ is doing, it's doing a lot of like a great electron or great like scales right at that part again, giving it even more of that kinetic feel. But before we get there, we get into this beautiful, lovely transition to the. So like we saw the pipes of the organ go down and two people come up and then you got some people singing hallelujah and it gives it that again, that chorus feeling. So one of the things I found really interesting about this part is um, 
If I had asked you, hey, Melanie, sing me some hallelujah for me. Give me an hallelujah. Give me an amen. What would you do? Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. You like, or, or like, oh, you know, yeah, we, but what they're doing soundbite wise is more of a, it's more of a chant, like uh, almost a Native American rhythm chant of the hallelujah, hallelujah. And I just find that really fascinating. But that also um, plays into the whole religiosity of the song because it kind of adds not just, it, it adds like a, ma- a mantra to the song, which is very, you know, tied in with religious practice. The other thing I like about it is um, just by performing it, they add another element because as I said, you know, there's this whole idea of rock musicians taking the place of gods and then being worshiped by the crowd. And what do we have here? We have the audience, you know, getting into it like the way you might get into it in a revival tent. So the audience becomes the congregation and Ron and Russell become the reverend and the organ player, um, which I just, I love that. talking about i don't know if you can hear the organ in the background but it's going and recorded version they've actually i think i think they had timpanis playing and a timpani drums are those big you know big cattle drums but they play different tones and so what i did enjoy in listening to this versus the recorded version is in the live version obviously they can only play so much recorded stuff but they've got the drummer really nailing mm-hmm. that boom on mm-hmm. the, I think like a tom drum and the bass drum, um, boom, but on the, uh, it's a timpani and so it's going more like boom, 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 at which <laughs> I like. That's very cool. I, I was just gonna say before we continue, um, I like how the, um, the image of the organ just sort of like sways and looks crazy. Not unlike the craziness of the the organ sound to me, the, the organ, it, the, to me, the organ, it feels a little scary. It feels it a little like, oh, something bad is going to happen or things are twisted <laughs> here. And so I like that the visuals, you know, follow on with that. You know, a few years after this 
think the musician's name was Goita, Goita, Goita. I can't remember. He had um, some one or two popular songs, but he did a video and I'll have to find it. It was a really good song, but it was an animated video. And part of the focus of the animated video was like in a living room with an organ the organ was animated. And as the song goes on, the organ starts to take over the house. So <laughs> your fear of organs is rooted in. <laughs> I have a fear of organs. It's a pun. <laughs> I got faith. I got a deep abiding faith. I got faith. I got a deep abiding faith. That in that sea of faces. That is like, you know, I'm just going to give it up to Ron Mail for writing and, and Russell, because I think they wrote these lyrics together. These are some of the best Sparks lyrics of all time. I mean, that is so clever. In that sea of faces, there's always one of them who just might be game. It's beautiful because, of course, it can mean I'm game for anything or I'm the game that this particular hunter is preying upon. And also, I really like that these girls are from uh, Milan, Japan, Brazil, Seville. So we, we know exactly what type of beautiful exotic woman this is um is that our is that ron and russell's type maybe we don't know you but know, I think it's like you can they, don't they say like she's here because she had time on her hands yeah um, yeah so i like it's like yeah i don't know i'm here so i'm just gonna go to, I, I gotta get some sightseeing stuff out of the way i'm gonna go to the notre dame cathedral oh i i read it as she's here time on her hands She's got time to hang out. She's maybe like her husband's at work or <laughs> something like that. She's got time on her hands. She's got time to walk along cafes and restaurants with me. I'll go on the Seine. Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. From The way I, I made a note eyes. of that too. I love you like choose that out. He does. And he, he makes a face that I feel like tells us exactly how they see the song. <laughs> I love it. And as we walk along the same, he's doing that, that robotic dance again. Okay, it's a little hard to hear there, but in that part, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how they did it at the live performance, but in the recording, it's actually a hard. They 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 cut out all the instruments, and when he's singing, I believe, I believe, I believe, it's actually a harp in the background doing like a little gentle arpeggio like the angels well it's one of the things that i love about their song construction too is and we talked about it with like uh, indiscreet and some earlier albums is like they're not afraid to just cut out the rock music for a minute 
and have a section that's spoken or have a section that's over a like just a beautiful harp sound for mm, 10 seconds. Yeah. It's, it's great. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I And we're back to the beginning. Yeah. But I do also love here, and I don't remember if it is in the recorded version, but yeah, now it's back. What I love about this little moment is it's back to just Russell and Ron. Right. I, I just, again, to me, this song is a circle. It, it, it shows us that this happens again and again. And here we are again at the beginning. Um, we had the- Gotta go to work. <laughs> we had the moment of praying with the woman who just might be game. And now, bye, 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 my baby. It's time to go to work. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Exactly. So you might want to make your way from here. Bye, 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 my baby. Now it's time, time, time for me to go to work, work, work. So you might want to make your way from here. Finish up your Hi, nice. Back to the organ. As I sit down to play the organ at the Notre Dame Cathedral, it doesn't matter that I'm upstaged, upstaged by him. <laughs> Bum, 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 bum. That's a nice little. I know. Yeah, I like that too. And it's us. We're we're the congregation now. It only reaches one of them. This line really sticks with me. If it only reaches one of us, is that because only one of us is worthy? Only one of us can hear the message? Only one of us is hot enough? Only one of us is favored? I just, I really like that line. It only reaches one of us. Yeah, it is. It is great. You know, I have to say the other thing that I really enjoyed, it really struck me when you um, send this to me. Oh, really sorry, sorry. There's one other, it only reaches one of them. It's the whole idea of creating art and knowing what you're trying to say with it. Not everyone's going to get it. It only reaches one of them. That's, well, I, again, I love that line. I always think about it. It's really fun to see 
such an intimate, lovely performance that was before their kind of revived fame. And, you know, these are core Sparks fans. <laughs> I think these are hardcore Sparks fans. They're in 2006. Like, I saw a lot of balded, balding heads. You know, it's 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 really fun to see. Like, people just really love them and and they don't speak to everybody. In fact, I think when we were talking about- It only earlier, reaches one of them, Amy. Well, when, when we were talking really about the, um, how, what was that? The Song Facts article in the one I read said that Russell one time referred this to this song as like a real dividing line for Sparks fans. And that fans, this had him quoted as if there's one song to play to somebody to put them on one side of the fence or the other regarding Sparks, I would take that song. It's really just super complex and has a ton of vocals and a ton of dissonant organs. I think it's a pretty amazing song. But I think you nailed it. Like like you said, it gets under your skin. Um, it wasn't my favorite. When we first talked about doing the video, I was like, it's kind of long and repetitive. It's it's maybe, I mean, it's hard to say, right? And it changes all the time. But it's it's if it's not my favorite Spark song, it's absolutely up there because it encapsulates so much of what I love about Sparks. It's very clever. Um, there's so much to think about with it. Um, it is unusual. It takes risks. And it, it's a bop as well. It is. <laughs> so. It is. So, yeah. Any final final words or thoughts? Uh, I love it. I'd love to know uh, from our listeners what you think this song is about and what songs you think we should look at in the future. So let us know. Yeah, my final thoughts are like a lot of their songs, it seems sort of simple and a little bit boring at the beginning, but when you really dig into it, there are so many layers um, of instrumentation and vocalization. And then to have that combined with that, you know, a visual like real performance art kind of performance it makes it it's cool I like it uh yep let us know if you have any songs you'd like us to review and we're gonna um try to keep the sparks and sparkles train toot toot (laughs) rolling oh there is one other thing I'd like to say about this song um it is like ridiculously pretentious I mean (laughs) you know hello it's kind of putting yourself in the position of God and your audience as your devoted followers. But you know what? One of the things I love about Sparks is that they love pretension. And so do I. So I mean that as a compliment, gentlemen. Thank you for giving me this beautiful gift of this song. It only reaches one of them. I think I'm the one. So me. <laughs> <laughs> She is here from Santa Monica. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.